Rachel's out of town. She went on a boys trip. night. Boys night. So I immediately ordered a pizza and made myself <laughs> hey. sick. And now my stomach hurts. Oh no! <laughs> Is it the gluten or the cheese? Uh, it's probably everything and also too much of it. Wait, did you eat a whole pizza? <laughs> no, but I ate a lot. I I, I ordered one of them eighteen inches and then I ate half of it. <laughs> it's a lot of pizza. It's a lot of pizza. You could calculate the square uh, footage of that pizza, the acreage. <clears throat> yeah, so. <sighs> Hi, welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. Hi. It's a podcast about learning to appreciate an artist's back catalog. Who are we appreciating tonight, Cameron? We're appreciating ABBA. I... I don't know about you, but I am. A, I feel like I'm especially appreciating ABBA. This album fucking ruled. With this album? Yeah, I really liked it. Oh, I thought the last one was a lot better. Oh, interesting. Maybe, mm. maybe especially lyrically, but I felt like this one had kind of a lot of filler songs that didn't. Okay, really you're grab not me. right. There's just there's just a few songs that I very very much appreciated. Oh, in this one. yeah, there are some real bangers on this one that that I think elevate my idea of who ABBA is since last season, uh, not last season, since the last episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. They definitely like reach higher on this one. Yep. Yep. Um, we're so, listening to all ABBA's albums. We are ABBA ABBA's albums. albums. Yes. And tonight we're listening to one called Waterloo from 1974. Mm-hmm. Did you look up any historical and, context of this album? Well, the, the song Waterloo, I believe is the one that they, won the eurovision song context the contest oh uh, they won the contest about they about this song <laughs> you got some w- strange mixed up prepositions there my friend no you're mixed up oh oh fuck you <laughs> uh that, that that's fair so um they they entered uh Mloda Festivalen, um which i think is the same thing uh with they, they entered the song with ring ring but uh-huh. they didn't qualify in 1973, uh, and they started planning for the next year. Wait, you mean and, they didn't um, like win enough rounds? Is that what it means to not qualify? Mm, I don't really know. Okay. It wasn't a good enough song. I see. I think, wa- and the song Waterloo is a much higher reach. It's yeah. A real attempt. Although. It's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely an effort song. There, It's definitely has a lot fewer ding dong bing bongs, though, and that. That's, That's kind of true. a deficit that I, I really miss. Uh, so this album, it definitely sounds like a band that is not really sure who they are yet. Um, yeah, there's there's half like really inspired. Well, not half, like a little under half of like really inspired stuff. And then just some like popcorn candy bullshit that I. Yeah, there's there's at least like four songs that I probably won't even mentioned in this episode yeah there's definitely some like so uninterested in them yeah some like kind of nothing songs but they also have just like really weird things that they try they're like trying on a few personas um because they're not really sure like who they are yet i mean Um, they kind of sound like they're trying to like win contests they're like they're yeah just exerting so much effort Mm, you mean like the novelty song contest 
<laughs> You're talking about King Kong song? Yes. There's a <laughs> there, fucking rules. Listener, we're gonna song alone. <laughs> there's a song called King Kong Song. Uh, King Kong Song. We'll get to. Hey, you said there's no ding dongs and bing bongs. That's basically oh, sorry, ding sorry. dong bing bong. <laughs> ding dong King ding Kong. Ding dong King Kong. Oh <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um yeah. So I have a couple what? Uh, mm, that's what they used to call me when in my dancing days. <laughs> um look it up, folks. Oh, look me up on YouTube. Um I have some items of news to share with you. Ooh. Um, did you hear the news that came out a couple days ago that they're suing Sony Music? Because they're saying that uh, Michael Jackson did not actually sing all of the songs that were released under his name. What? In- Who's suing? Uh, shit. Um, who is saying that? A fan. So it's just like the best Michael Jackson impersonator? Apparently, yeah. Yeah, this this person. Ale- and uh, that's actually what Michael Jackson's mom thinks, too. Oh, my God. Um, and it, it's three of the songs from his last... Uh, posthumous album michael including the song monster which is the one you had us listen to for the bracket episode whoops and at the time i like (laughs) i looked it up on wikipedia or genius or something i was like oh there's like this weird rumor that this isn't michael jackson at all it's an impersonator and i was like nah it's probably not real turns out it might actually be real and it's getting litigated right now in court wow yeah originally the headline was that sony music admitted it um but apparently they've released a statement saying that they have not conceded that Michael Jackson did not sing on the songs. Serial season three. <laughs> yeah. They're not, they're not, boop, boop, you know, boop, boop, they're not boop. saying it's false, but they're saying that they have not denied it. And then they barely restrain themselves from saying yet. So goodness. Yep. It reminds me that that movie, um, shoot, what's it called? It's with it's a weird uh, name for a movie, Dead man, evil dead man. Bruce oh, Campbell. Bruce and it's a uh, soup guy. Uh it's a movie where he plays Elvis in a nursing home. <gasps> I just watched that movie a few months ago. A movie's so great. <laughs> that movie fucking rules. <laughs> it's called it Bubba called? Hotep. Bubba Hotep. Yep. <laughs> so dumb. Yeah, so it's like basically there's a lot of things going on in that movie, but one of the things is that uh <laughs> the best Elvis impersonator switches places with Elvis at the height of his career and mm-hmm. then dies. And so Elvis is living his days in obscurity in a Texas nursing home and no one believes that he's actually Elvis. Yeah. He's hanging out there with uh JFK who was turned black and went into hiding. Yeah. <laughs> they died him. <laughs> they d- Is that what they say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, they died me. Uh. Even though he has like just very African features and yeah, <laughs> yeah, looks nothing like JFK. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that, movie's, uh, that great. movie's great. It's like straight and oh, and then there's a mummy. That's why it's called Bubba Hotep. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but uh, so they fight a mummy, and the movie is strangely affecting. Like, yeah, yeah, I it's, really it's, care about it. It's kind of like an interesting uh, meditation on getting old and human mortality. Like yeah. the mummy part is not that it's not like an action movie about a mummy, like with Brennan Fraser or anything. It's like the, the mummy is more like a, a symbol of the mortality and death lurking around the grounds of this funeral home. 
there is this uh, great scene that I think about often where um, Black JFK opens up a secret drawer full of candy bars and he says the line, let's get decadent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I wish people said that to me more often. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, boy. (laughs) Should we have have, have, have? what? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Before we before huh? we ab, 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 we should make sure we do it right. Can you please play the sample of uh, Patreon supporter, <laughs> Patron, Alban Ekman, um, who um, gave some unsolicited uh, advice on how to pronounce the names of the uh, uh, Swedish stars of ABBA? How dare you, Alban? But go ahead and play it. <laughs> also, how do you pronounce your name? <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Hey buddy, he here's some that. unsolicited pronunciation advice for the members of ABBA. We have Björn Ulveus, Benny Andersson, Annie Frid Lyngstad, and Agneta Feltskog. Loving the new season, man. Thanks for a great podcast. Let me know if you need anything translated. Bye. Oh. Thanks, Alvin. Yeah, thank you, Alvin. Um, you said it was unsolicited, but if I had known that that was something we could have solicited, I definitely would have. And then I would have gotten arrested for solicitation, maybe. <laughs> that's a that's like a that can be like a crime, right? Is that Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um Yeah. Actually, um our pal John from Beyond the Box set, I've been corresponding with him and he listened to our first Ring Ring album and he also had a pronunciation correction. <laughs> because Ooh, apparently the person dunk bing bong. Yeah. Isn't no. that right? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the one thing that we screwed up in our entire discussion of ABBA. <laughs> Ding dong, bing bong. The rest of it, you pronounce perfectly. Um, no, he said that, uh, and I was I was listening for this in an Albin sound sample, but I think Albin gave the full name. Uh, but apparently the person that we discussed the pronunciation of, and I tried to like fancify it up, apparently it's pronounced Anyetta or Anyetta. Hmm. Anyata. An- I just still don't know where the emphasis is, but okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, also, he and says, also apparently it's Abba. Abba. That's how Alvin was saying it. Abba. I think. That makes sense. Abba. I I do think we're gonna have to say Abba though. That's just we are. <laughs> we're just we're just Americans that are too dumb. Yeah. Um. John was also saying that we should definitely consider covering some of their singles that didn't necessarily get collected on their albums. Uh, which makes a lot of sense to me and is probably something we should have considered earlier. Um, I know that T-Pain, for instance, has a bunch of singles that are important to his career that we just like never actually listened to. And yeah, um, yeah, all of these, um, collaborations, you know, that he's probably more well known for. Oh yeah. I'm that's, that was, that's something too. Um, I was talking just more about stuff that was released only under his name. Oh, really? Um, yeah, there was like a bunch of, especially um, well, a, pre-Oblivion, like right after his, whatever the album was before that. Pre-Oblivion? Pre, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Nah. Yeah. I mean, when you come, when you get down to it, really, the album is a pretty uh, arbitrary concept and is not that old of a idea. And it really is just more due to the conveniences of technology formats for storing and transmitting music. Totally. Like, like there was a time I when I mean the sing- singles back with, you know, YouTube and stuff. Yeah. That's how people consume music. So yep. 
and Spotify yeah. with the Discover playlists and stuff. Mm-hmm. People aren't listening to albums. Albums are dead. <laughs> okay, <Okay-ho>. Grandpa. <laughs> All right. Said albums. What? What? Should we talk about this album? Yeah. Waterloo. Waterloo. The album. We should probably talk about the song Waterloo first. Okay. Here, let me cue it up. Do you want Swedish or English? Mm. Oh, I only listen to the English. Oh, okay. Well, here you go. Those extremely Clarence Clemens saxophone lines. Mm. <laughs> it's not him, is it? Oh, good question. Actually, I wonder. I wonder if it might be. Oh, probably not. Probably not. But you never know. You never know. I never do. You specifically. I never do yeah. Any research. <laughs> uh huh. I'm looking up the credits right now. But uh, okay. Why is so it called Waterloo? There's a well, I mean, you're kind of like the person who knows anything about history ever, uh-huh. especially for Europe. But uh, um, so according to ABBA, Napoleon did surrender at Waterloo, my my. And they also have surrendered to um, this boy <laughs> romantically. Uh-huh. And that's the whole thing. And it's kind of a kind of a weird i mean it's kind of it's it is kind of interesting that like they they have this like very simple metaphor and that they're it makes me wonder is this is this supposed to be dark um yeah it does sound kind of dark yeah Uh, waterloo Waterloo, i was defeated you won the war waterloo promised to love you forevermore just like napoleon waterloo (laughs) couldn't escape if i wanted to waterloo waterloo Knowing my fate is to be with you. It sounds a little Whoa, bit like... Oh, oh, uh, oh, Waterloo finally facing my Waterloo. You know, you know, Cameron, you know where Abba's from? What? Do you know where Abba is from? No. Do you, what country are they from? Come on. Sweden. I know that. Uh-huh. And what's the largest city in Sweden? Is it Waterloo? <laughs> no. God damn it. Stockholm. Yeah. So, <laughs> me thinks that this song might be a little bit about Stockholm Syndrome. Okay. <laughs> oh God, you gotta work with me. <laughs> work with me a little bit. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, just the lyrics are are. Ugh, yeah. It's it's it's. I'm really not sure how to take them. Um. Yeah. They 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 make some historical references on this album that are like really interesting and not something you hear a lot in pop music. Um. They have a song that's about uh dr livingstone um yeah. so it i mean it was just like listening to john cale in paris 1919 all these historical illusion songs yeah it's very erudite <laughs> yeah i mean it is it's it's a song they're using napoleon and the battle of waterloo as like um an extended metaphor for i guess a relationship yeah but the sort of like i don't know it's like uh, what's this English lyric here? My, my, I tried to hold you back, but you were stronger. Oh yeah. And now it seems my only chance is giving up the fight. 
how could I ever refuse? Yeah. I feel like I win when I lose. This is so kind of rapey and weird. Yeah. Stockholm Syndrome. Um, yeah. I, I think this is like definitely a reach for them. Uh, not only just like their songwriting skills, but also their English uh, songwriting skills. Yeah. I think that they kind of, their reach sort of outstrip their grasp a little bit. I mean, I, I appreciate yeah. what they're trying to do. I don't think lyrically it necessarily, they really pull it off. Um, so do you know what the Battle of Waterloo is? Have you heard no, of not really. Uh, so this was um, Napoleon. You've heard of Napoleon, right? The French dude? Yeah. Well, from, of course, um, again. Bill and Ted. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He, he eats the piggy. Uh, Ziggy Ziggy. <laughs> he spends a bunch of time in the, the water park. He like pushes kids out of the line. Yeah, that, that's what he's most yeah, famous he's for. Yeah, jerk. Yeah. Uh, so he lost his first big loss was in, um, in Russia. He took his, his grand armée up into Russia in the middle of winter time. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, (laughs) so he lost a shit ton of his men to the cold and disease and starvation and whatnot. He was way past his, uh, supply lines, et cetera. Um, the Russians just like kept retreating and just like, yeah, bring it on. Come on. We're just going to keep backing uh-huh. up. <laughs> Come and get us <laughs> motherfucker. Um, yeah. So then, uh, Napoleon is like captured and sent to the Island of Elba. And that's not far from his native Corsica. And he escapes from Elba and gets back into France and he gathers up his armies again. <sighs> so the motherfucker like escaped and just like, well, time to try again and so there's Man. they have what they call the hundred days where he got back into power and gathered up another big army and he's rampaging around europe again <laughs> and at waterloo in belgium he was defeated by the combined uh english and german forces uh, and a bunch of other people who were like allied against napoleon and that was like this huge crushing defeat that ended his entire ambitions for power. And after that, he was never able to uh, have any sort of power. He was exiled much farther away to an, an Island called St. Helena, which is like 2000 miles off the coast of Africa in the middle of nowhere. And that's where he died. Wow. Yep. So Waterloo is like this storied battle where it's just this crushing defeat from which somebody never recovers. And that yeah. is the extended metaphor for this relationship. <laughs> oh, boy. Sounds like getting married, am I right? <laughs> the old ball and chain in the... Uh, old ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done with my life? <laughs> <laughs> I've wasted my life. <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder how this song was taken. If like people thought that it was clever or dark or yeah just sort of didn't really listen to it good question it does seem like it could be something very dark it's very interesting to me that it won a contest yeah like what did people think of it yeah it's it almost reminds me of something like every breath you take where oh, yeah like that song people just kind of read it straight ahead ahead a lot of the time but it's like no obviously sting is singing about a stalker like it's not yeah. subtle yeah, don't play it at your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Unless... Don't play Hallelujah at your wedding. <laughs> or at your funeral. Just stop. <laughs> Just never, ever play Hallelujah or listen to it ever again. Yeah. 
Um, what else was I going to say? Fuck. Oh yeah. It's just that this, this song sounds like a poem I could read just like using this, this like extended metaphor in this way reminds me a lot of a poem. Mm. Yeah. But I don't think it would make it particularly a successful poem just because it's like kind of, like we said, hard to read. Um, you know about poets, which one, which poet would have written this? Oh, Hmm. Mm -hmm. I just want you to just like fucking drag one of your poets. Just drag him. (laughs) Just drag him for a poem. No, it's not silly enough for Billy. He's a real silly Billy. (laughs) I don't know. I was going to say Natasha Trethaway, but I think she would have a more successful poem than this. Maybe somebody like, um, shit, who's the guy who's always hanging out with, uh, Frank O'Hara? I don't know. Uh, Frank Bedart, maybe? Hmm. Yeah. Take that. Take that, Frank. <laughs> okay. Well, that was takes here. hilarious. I the box set. <laughs> hilarious and enlightening. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Well, um, yeah, that's probably one of the least interesting songs to me. Uh, oh, I see. But, but uh, maybe we should uh, <laughs> uh-huh. let's see. Talk about I. There's some. Do you want to talk about King Kong song now? I mean, yeah. Let's talk about We've King Kong song. Free talked about it, so we might as well actually talk about it. King Kong. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who likes this damn song uh <laughs> i actually really dislike the chorus which is the main part um but uh everyone knows the chorus is the main part of a song it uh, definitely is on this album there are there are a lot of songs that are not much more than a chorus and they have pretty perfunctory verses um i'm just gonna read verse one well, I was looking at a movie on the TV last night. Uh, work on your English, Abba. <laughs> You're so close. <laughs> uh, then I had a very funny notion. Yeah, I really had to write a song about it. And then I'm going to sing it with my rock and roll band. And I bet the people are going to like it. Yeah, <laughs> I know that everybody's going to shout it. And what a dreadful, mighty killer. A big, black, wild gorilla. It's very metatextual. Yes. He's like, this is the story of me writing this song that you're listening to. Whoa, does that blow your mind? Yeah, and then in verse three, it's just sort of like, and now let's all, all of us are monkeys and do a monkey dance. Yeah, it's very much like a Bartman. He tries to tell you how to do the dance. Yeah, it's um, one of those dance imperatives. So let your arms hang down and waddle all around like a dreadful mighty killer, a big black wild gorilla. Man, I feel like it's a little reductive to say that a gorilla waddles. <laughs> I don't know if it's reductive so much as just inaccurate. In- inaccurate. Infantilizing. I mean, I haven't really seen the old King Kong movies. Maybe he's, wa- he's waddling. It could be. It's a dude in a suit. So, uh, so that chorus, the like, wow, 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 wow. Like that reminds me of, um, uh, inside Lewin Davis, like, you know that scene with Adam <gasps> Driver? Oh my uh, god, they... that's my favorite goddamn scene in any movie ever. Yeah, so they like get together oh, and they have to oh. sing this like <laughs> they have to sing this like outer uh, space space spaceman song. Outer space. 
it's like the cringiest like sixties uh novelty folk folk novelty song. Yeah. And, I'll drop uh, a sound sample in it. It's a novelty song yeah. about an astronaut not wanting to go into space and he's like, Please, yeah. Mr. Kennedy. And then at the end of it, after they finish playing it, um, there's two characters that are talking to each other. One is Lewin Davis, played by Isaac uh jason wait not jason isaac fuck what's poe his dameron name? poe dameron what's his name what's the actor's name <laughs> uh oscar isaacs oscar isaac um so he's playing the main character those are isaacs and then uh justin timberlake is the person that he's talking to who's also performing the song with him so yeah. uh J- oscar isaac is like god damn who wrote this song and justin timberlake shoots him this like very subtle like quick extremely hurt look and he's like i i I did (laughs) it's like this very brief flash of like extreme hurt it's just like it's it's a very good moment he's he's a great actor actually really yeah you're just talking about how much you hate the social network no he was great in it all right i just the script was garbage yeah but have you seen uh in time Mm, what is what is that what it's a movie about the 1%, and instead of money, people have time, and if you run out of time, you die. Oh, well, that is how that normally works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but except for if you don't run out of time, you never die, which is technically still how it normally yeah, works. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard of this. Did they do a flop house about it? I think they do, yeah. it It's a really, really bad movie. Is he in it? Is he the main character? Uh, Yeah. Oh, okay. And well, uh, Olivia Wilde from House MD is his mom. Oh. And right. he lets her die. <laughs> okay. Well, spoiler alert. Everything I've seen him in, he's been great. I have some musical things to talk about in mm-hmm. this song. Uh so I really like the introduction because um it starts with the electric guitars um and then you think it's going to be in the minor key. And then the rest of the instrumentation comes in um, and recontextualizes the melody. And you realize that it's actually in a major key. It's in the relative major. And uh, you'll hear that right about now. Sounds like metal. Yeah, see? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they are only playing like three or four notes. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's it's not uncommon for a song to start, for the first note of the song to be, like, uh, the key that the song is in. It's That's not true. a rule, That's true. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it really does sound out of context, like it's going, um, doing a minor scale. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's like, no, it's actually going up to the major scale. It's going, la-ti-do, and it's going up to it, as opposed mm-hmm. to... Um, yeah, so I kind of thought that was like a clever moment, um, especially because it sounds like really, you know, heavy and aggressive, like, uh, I don't know, a big old monster or something. Like, it sounds like it's going to be like this heavy song about King Kong. Yeah. And then, yeah. So (laughs) I, I really appreciated that, uh, construction. (laughs) Yeah. This is skipping ahead to the Amazon and I probably won't actually read this review in whole, but there is a guy who wrote a review on Amazon 
who gave it two stars, this album. And he says, this album features the greatest variety of styles you're, you'll hear from this band. While sitting is, sitting is the palm tree has a passable reggae beat. I don't think it's sitting is the palm tree. I think it's sitting in the palm tree. Anyway, <laughs> passable reggae beat. King Kong song is an absolutely ridiculous stab at heavy metal. Yeah, see, they only listened to the first uh, <laughs> first ten, five seconds. Five seconds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of this song is like pretty h- driving hard rock, and then part of it is like nineteen fifties doo wopy novelty song. And in that <laughs> they sense, did the mash. They did the they did, they did the mash. They did the gorilla mash. Um, in that sense, it really reminds me of uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, specifically, uh, like the we, time warp. The blackness would hit me. Another boy to be calling. Let's do the time warp again. Let's do the time warp again. Which is another Let's song that tells you how to dance. Yeah. It's fucking bossing you around. Uh, there's a really cool, uh, well, not cool. It's really fun. There's a really fun pre chorus in this. <laughs> like kind of yelling reminds me of like television or like some of these punky new wavy bands i don't know about those television no oh you're just talking about the thing <laughs> he was watching a he was looking at a movie on the tv last night he wasn't watching he was looking at it um at this movie yeah have t- i have i told the story on on this show at all of my um, of you looking at a movie no of my my puerto rican um seven-year-old guitar student maybe at all so i had him at a well he's a camper he was at a um basically a rock camp and i was teaching him guitar and uh he's english as a second language um and he says um he says i'm good at, he's like I play the guitar. I touch all the chords. He says, I'm good at guitar. I touch all the chords. Cause in Spanish it's tocar mm-hmm. uh, to touch. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's become my catchphrase. I touch all the chords. <laughs> it's a weird thing to bring up. Yeah. He also once at one point said, uh, Mr. Cameron, I like the way you touch. I said, don't say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cameron, please don't molest me. Cause in Spanish, molestar means to bother. Molestar, yeah. <laughs> Quit molesting me. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, 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 estoy embarazado. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that was uh, biologically possible. Yeah. <laughs> I think people come to this podcast for the uh, bilingual jokes, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. King Kong. King Bing, Bing Bong. That's all I got about. That's all I got about that. Yeah. Oh, speaking of bilingual and Spanish. They have a song called Hasta Mañana. Yeah. This is one of those that I profoundly don't care about, but I'll, I guess we'll talk about it. Yep. The song that implores you, hey, it's okay, just take a look at your Facebook for a minute while the song plays. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to, you will to meet let your again mind in the next wander. song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Basically, yeah. The only reason I feel like it, this song is worth talking about is just they actually pronounce hasta mañana like pretty well. And it's absolutely something that uh, a lot of white Americans in pop music at this time would not. Like they would have probably said hasta mañana or manana. Oh, sure. Even. Manana. Yeah. <laughs> hasta <laughs> manana. Hasta manana. <laughs> Basically. I mean, there's like, there's tons of of uh white pop music that just has horrifically pronounced spanish words like uh yeah via con dios or like feliz navidad etc dios dios wait how's feliz navidad pronounced uh he just like he says it in a very if i remember right he says like feliz navidad and in Ooh, spanish it, do this yeah in spanish we pronounce like feliz or feliz i think I don't know if they do the lisp at the end uh, for the mm. Spain Spanish. Feliz. I really put you on the spot, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, I also seem to remember there being other words in the song that are pronounced worse, but I don't know. Anyway. Nathan, I want to hear what else you have to say about hasta mañana. <laughs> I have nothing else to say about hasta <laughs> mañana except... two more good things. Uh, it's a pretty thin premise for a song. Um, apparently, they recorded a Spanish version of it. No, but... when you say it's a premise... <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, that's being a little too generous, probably. The premise is that we use a word from another language. <laughs> the premise is uh, there's that... There's a Spanish version? Yeah, apparently there's a, a Spanish version of the whole thing. Okay, let's look it up. Let's look Donde it up. Donde quedó el verano, aquel que nos unió. Okay, you already have Donde it. Donde se fue, yo no lo sé. Si aún mi amor sigue por ti viviendo. Uh, they left all of the diacritical marks off of these lyrics, and that yep. is bad. Hasta mañana te sabré esperar. Dime tú el lugar. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> es que la fuerza de un amor así sabe triunfar siempre a pesar de todo. Uh, it's even boring in Spanish, man. Yeah, I'm so bored. <laughs> uh, estoy aburrido. Uh, okay, what else? What other songs? Uh, you, oh, you know what? How about the song Susie Hang Around? This is another one like the song oh, yeah. Waterloo, where it's like really hard to say what they're going for in this one. But you So this is kind of like the album, the song from the last album, Me and Bobby and Bobby's Brother, if it were performed and written by the, the birds and was just all about their nostalgia for bullying and viciousness. I absolutely loved this song. Really? Yeah, dude. I think this song's great. Musically, it's really cool. There's this, it sounds so I much. I like it because of the, the lyrics, but I like really the, talking about the music. Okay. Yeah, um, it just it sounds so much like the birds. You can hear it very well in the intro here. That kind of like jangly 12 string guitar sound. Yeah. Like kind of arpeggios, too. Yeah. OK, so the lyrics that you like so well, I have a really hard time with because uh, in the chorus, he says, Look, this is what they 
say to this girl, Susie he says, look for a friend of your own. Susie, hang around. Better come back when you're grown. Susie, hang around. Nobody wants you around here. And that's for sure. So get off our playground and stay away. That's all that we've got to say. Susie, hang around, man. That's so fucking brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I like it. I think it's like a really in well, one, I think it's unique. It's a unique topic for a song. It's a specific like kind of story and it's barely even a story. It's just sort of like a, Oh man, I had just remembered when I was like a really, sh- a really shitty person as a child. And I think it's like a really insightful sort of, um, little meditation on when it's a losing your innocence song. Is and- it, is it though? I mean, what makes you think that he regrets this or is like looking back on it in a negative way? Um, I don't think it's specifically in the text. I don't think it necessarily needs to be well okay so what you're what you're saying is that um your attitude about the speaker in the song is sort of like why were you being shitty like why are you singing about this you must like not feel bad about it and for me it's like i don't necessarily i how could you sing this song and um my assumption is that it's not necessarily regretful but it's like self-aware well, I mean, maybe, because but there are so definitely, cl- it's so clearly mean. Well, yeah, but there are, there are definitely examples of pop music where people are super, super mean, like, um, run around Sue, that song. Uh, I don't know that. You don't know that song. Yeah, it's all about this girl named run around Sue and she goes out with other guys and basically it's a slut shaming song. There are there's well tons of pop, it's definitely precedented in pop music for yeah, people but, to be like shitty and bullying, especially like are when people in the songs are youthful or they're talking about youthful times or whatever. I think okay, listen to this verse. Susie went home to Mama's arms. Mama said, "Look, she's never done you no harm. So get off her back and let her be. Why can't you play together in harmony? We really didn't know what to say." But as soon as she went away, we laughed and said, and then... Uh, look for a friend of your own. Susie, hang around. Own. Yeah. Susie, hang around. Um, I I think that there's like a clear juxtaposition of like, this is a sentimental sort of nostalgic song about like a, a really dark moment, like <laughs> in, the, in this character's life. And... I think the juxtaposition has to be on purpose because why else would it be so musically like sweet? I don't know, dude. I mean, there are vicious pop songs out there, you know, like I don't necessarily believe that they are reminiscing fondly about how they were bullying this girl, but it's just, it's so unclear. Like I, I, I want to believe that it's that it is what you're talking about, but I think it needs like five to ten percent more clarity in order to really achieve that. So I don't think it's being very successful as a song. Well, I don't. Do you think that what what would you want clarified about it? I mean, it could be as something as obvious as like having a third verse saying like, "Now when I look back on it, I you know feel bad about it" or something like that. Like that's not very artful, but you know, that would make it clear or just like a little bit more of an indication that 
you know, they, this person feels shitty about this now. Yeah. But do you, do you need, does it need to be specifically regretful in order for it to be good or valuable? Um, like not, I agree that I agree that it would be shitty if it was if the attitude was like, and I still feel that way about <laughs> that stupid girl. <laughs> but like, I don't I don't think that the text supports that either. Well, it doesn't not support that. Wait, it doesn't not not support that. <laughs> Hang on, <laughs> I got trapped in a web I'm of my saying, own negatives. <laughs> I'm saying we're I'm saying we're both reading. I think we're both reading into it. This song is well, clearly about the past and is a recounting events yeah from the past. that's why i think it's not super successful as a song is because we both have to read into it i think if it was just like a little bit more clear it would be much more successful as a song man i don't know i just like really i i thought this song was affecting because of the music and how like sweet and nostalgic it is um and having to remember the times that i was sort of cruel as a child beyond my ability to understand why I was mm. and just sort of being at the, um, just having the sense that like some people belonged and some people didn't mm-hmm. and, um, having this like weird intuition for hierarchy, you know, at school or in different social situations. And like some kids were, it's like, why? But it's like, yeah, some kids were hanging around and they weren't there. Like they weren't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's like such a, I don't know. When I listened to this song, I was like very transported to like, yeah, my own sort of like loss of innocence. And I would venture to say that maybe that is a, at least a little bit ubiquitous of an experience of people, um, yeah, experiencing bullying or being a bully as a kid to different degrees. And I think this is a unique and insightful song about that. Hmm. And I don't necessarily need it to be like, I'm glad that I'm older and I maybe I should say sorry. I think that would ruin it if it was like anything more than just talking, just at an admittance and just remembering. It's just a confessional. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe I just, I do think it would be a much better song if it was just clearer like mm. the it, the second line in the song is right about or Susie was nine and I was ten right about the right at the time when boys like to think they're men, and I think that little seed of an idea is kind of what I want from this song to like have some just like reflection or some sort of observation or uh, like actual thoughts about right. what's what's happening here and that right, is, yeah there's that's a little sort of editorializing the there yeah. But it never goes beyond that. Yeah. And it's like they, they kind of, he also softens it later in the verse when he's like, uh, one day we said to her, we don't want to hurt you, girl, but you'd better look for a friend of your own. Susie, hang around. So I feel like those two almost cancel each other out. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just, I just wish it was clearer. Um, Interesting fight we had. <laughs> Wonderful recover from this one. Nobody wants you around Cameron here. And that's for sure. So get off our podcast okay. and stay away. <laughs> so I, I think that this is a little bit of a, you know, meta comment, but like, I think the idea of whether someone's reading into a song or not, um, it, it at its core is about my assumption of how ubiquitous, like an experience is, because if an experience is like, uh, common enough, then you can, 
sort of assume that other people have had it and then it would be uh it would be uh what's the word um kind of beating you over the head with the metaphor if they like tried to editorialize about it or like tried to over explain it it's um, not necessarily that they, that they have to over explain it but you know the direction they start to head in briefly with the line right at right at the time when boys like to think they're men like that that's not that's like adding to the song it's not beating you over the head or being too obvious it's adding to the song and making it clearer at the same time right i hear that yeah. all right you want to talk about ding the dong, ding dong bing bong next song King uh, Kong. yeah you want to talk about honey honey which was a minor hit in the u.s i mean no not really but yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I think this song is, mm, yeah, there's not a lot going on here, but Obnoxious. kind of, um, I do think it's notable that this is one of their first kind of minor hits in the U S and I think in maybe the UK also. Um, and it's not coincidental that it features the lead female vocals. Um, one of the reviews I was reading was kind of pointing out how ABBA, at this point was still kind of transforming from a more or less uh male singer like uh male lead singers with female background yeah, vocals to a yeah to like female lead vocals with male background vocals right um and so i think this is probably some encouragement to them that like hey when you let the girls sing and be up front right you know that's when you get your singles I, th- I, th- I can kind of imagine that. I mean, I really like uh, Benny's voice, who's the main male voice that we hear. But um, I could see how in a different time, maybe a more xenophobic time, um, like a foreign male voice maybe would just seem unpalatable or like huh. irrelevant to people's experience. But maybe a um, foreign female voice would be fetishized. Not that it's that obviously foreign all the time yeah um especially later on in their later albums you know but um i could i could i mean maybe i'm reading into this a little more but like i think that kind of makes sense also they're really really i think the women might be better vocalists mm. like better at the instrument of singing so mm-hmm. yeah um so this song there's not a ton going on in the lyrics except it's kind of a fun um, example of a genre that I like to see in pop in the, well, back to like the early decades of pop um, and mass media. It happens in the 40s, 50s, 60s of songs that are definitely about sex, but oh, absolutely yeah. will not use any explicit language. So like, yeah. um, oh shit, what's it? What's honey, honey is about um, the... <laughs> finished that sentence come on i'm so close <laughs> but slow say it slow the cowper gland <laughs> ew it's pronounced cooper <laughs> you feel is it really yeah um okay did you go up on like fucking word pronunciation like, <laughs> youtube channel and look up <laughs> how to pronounce that <laughs> no that's that's just my fetish is uh the pronunciation of various uh euro genital genital areas yeah you can't pre-finish without it <laughs> exactly 
<laughs> pre-finish. Um, That's what the Cooper gland does. Yeah. Yes. For those um, of you who aren't hip to the Cooper <laughs> Hanging with Mr. Cooper. That's us. <laughs> Hanging. I get it. Um, yeah. So like even songs like uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand are like, eh, yeah. I don't think I mean, the hand is what you're holding. Meh. Um, yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, so like there's that. I feel like I want to sing when you do your thing is a lyric in this. Yes. Uh, yeah, this song is like about as explicit as you can go without being explicit. It says, the way I know what they mean. You're a love machine. Ah, the way you make me dizzy. The way that you kiss goodnight. The way that you hold me tight. I feel like I want to sing when you do your thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of these like pop, um, conjugal moans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of these pop euphemisms like "hold me tight," "kiss me goodnight." Yeah, yeah. What What do you think about this one? Uh, you look like a movie star, but I know just who you are. And honey, to say the least, you're a doggone beast. <laughs> um, I think that's meant in a complimentary way. Maybe that's like an uh-huh. idiom in Swedish that they're just translating word for word. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Alvin, right in. It also it also sounds like a lyric that you would hear in like Alvin. How many people have called you a doggone beast in Sweden? <laughs> and what does it mean? It sounds like something you would hear in like a pitbull song or like some like <laughs> macho posturean rap song, like beast mode. Like I'm a doggone beast. Yeah. <laughs> or a big dog's t-shirt. Mm. One of the two. This song's been a lot more fun to talk about than I thought. Yeah, told you. Also, I don't want to hurt you, baby. I don't want to see you cry. So stay on the ground, girl. You better not get too high. Ooh, that's a T-Pain lyric right there. (laughs) Yeah. He almost literally has that lyric in one of his songs, doesn't he? Yeah. Stay right there. You don't even have to move. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ass up in the air. (laughs) All right. What other songs do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Living Um, Stone? What about Living Stone? Sure. Yeah, this is the other major uh, historical allusion on this album. And the chorus goes like this. So they just said Livingston, but I said Livingstone. So you sure did. Albin, write in and tell us which is the correct pronunciation. <laughs> we're gonna we're just gonna tap you for, for all words, all words that we have trouble with. We're just gonna ask you. <laughs> okay. How do you talk? Do you podcast. <laughs> Teach me how to podcast. What am talking? Um, so this is a song about um, how at one point people were uh, just thought that it was silly the idea of. Um, spending all these resources to uh, go up on the moon like it was a silly thing to do. And ABBA is saying, hey, come on. It'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What about science? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Not not dissimilar to uh, recent discussions about a space force. (laughs) Well, this this is like... Uh, yeah, so the it's it's this frame story of somebody at the newspaper, at the newsstand, heard some people laugh and saying, look, they're going to fly up to the moon. So this song is set before the moon landing, or was staged by um, Stanley Kubrick. And so these people say, hey, what's it good for anyway? 
And then Abba's response is, what about Livingston? What about all those men who have sacrificed their lives to lead the way? Tell me, wasn't it worth a while traveling up the Nile, putting themselves on test? Didn't that help the rest? Wasn't it worth it then? What about Livingston? So they don't really like answer the question, really? Yeah. Hey, what's it good for? Um, well, what about Livingston? It's like, well... <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> huh. What is it good for? Absolutely Livingston. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, you're not really... Because he didn't, like, actually... Okay, I mean, he's a figure from the past, which means he's automatically a bad person. But he <laughs> is more complicated than a lot of his contemporaries because he was extremely convicted about the slave trade and worked pretty tirelessly to end it. And so he, he ended up like doing a bunch of work in Africa exploring and like trying to shut down the slave trade and whatnot. Um, Mm -hmm. but he also like was a missionary, which is not, Uh not Uh great. It didn't sound like the worst missionary ever. And then also like all the exploring stuff he did definitely enabled some rapacious European empires going in and exploiting resources and peoples and whatnot. So, yeah. So that's uh that's the historical reference. So that that's what about. about Livingston. Yeah. So when we go up on the moon, what about the moon people? Yeah. We're going to get to colonize it and extract all their resources and cut off all the moon people ears, Yeah, which is what King Leopold did in uh, Belgian Congo. I uh I sucked. Recently in <laughs> recently in all of the uh talk about Space Force, um my good friend and former well two time two time guest of the show, um Get Up in the Cool that I host, the old time podcast, uh Brian Slattery. Um he uh posted this link to Gil Scott Heron's poem uh Whitey on the Moon and uh I thought that was a little bit relevant. Oh. I don't know if I've read that. How does it go? Uh, well, I give you a little sound sample and it'll give you the basic idea. Oh, uh, let me find it. There it is. The moon. I can't pay no doctor bills, but Whitey's on the moon. <laughs> Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know, the man just up my rent last night because Whitey's on the moon. <laughs> it's basically that. Um, oh, that's great. It's It spells it out pretty clearly, but I mean, yeah, what about that? <laughs> So I I wonder, I mean, I could see a lot of people at the time just sort of scoffing at the idea, but you know, mm-hmm. also, yeah, the, where, where we put our resources, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, there are some people who consider uh Gil Scott Heron to be the first rapper or MC ever. I could see that. Sure. I mean, that's basically a rap song with bongos. Yeah. Uh, I would like us uh, to talk about the song My Mama Said, which I think might be definitely the best one. Interesting. You also hate this song, Nathan. I do? No, you just said interesting. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have another fight. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. This is definitely like uh like uh presaging their disco sound that comes later. Mm. 
So my mama said is or as Cameron about, typed it on Slack, my mama's my mama sad. sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should cheer her up, you dingus. Uh this is about um so the the main character of this song, the first person in the song is always trying to sneak out of her room and go hang out with her boyfriend, Fred. Yeah, this is uh, Daphne or Velma from Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> They're just trying to solve mysteries. Yeah. They just want to go in the mystery machine. Um, row, row, and, uh, snacks. It, it starts, you know, she, she tries to s- sneak out and in the first verse, the mama, uh, mom catches her and says, look at this. You haven't done your bed. That's the thing you should do instead. A little bit awkwardly. Yeah. Raised. Um, you know, try and get one thing into your head. Pa and me, we give you a room and bed. A little more straightforward, like, hey, like, don't stop trying to sneak out and uh, fool around with Fred. And then we learn that the person's name is Fred. Because, yeah, my mama said, <laughs> I know you've been out again with Fred. Don't you lie, your cheeks are blushing red. Her butt cheeks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh-huh. Just kidding. He's, Just he's kidding. in a spanking, Fred is. That's his fetish. And then fetish. finally... Um, I can live without him. How I wish you wouldn't doubt him. Oh, oh, my mama said, if you want to hurt me, go ahead. Uh, my mama said, I suppose you'd rather see me dead. Uh, oh, I want to live my life. Um, so I really appreciated this song. This is another one that's like, there, there's not a lot of editorializing about it. It's just like a scene from the past and, um, about a relationship between, uh, two women. It passes the Bechdel test. Well, um, not really, because they spend the time talking well, it's about, about Fred. about a man. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Fuck, I'm sorry, everyone. The Bechdel test, for, I those, think who still are, counts that it's, for those who are not aware, is is a, is a heuristic applied to TV and yeah, comics and novels and everything, that. where it has to meet this minimum bar, where two characters have a scene where they have a conversation with each other, and, yeah. and it, so it has to have like two female characters that are strong enough that they actually have a, a conversation with each other. But the important caveat is, and the conversation is not about a man. Sorry. All right. So it counts for something to me, at least that this is a song about a relationship between two women. Um, and uh, yeah, the, you know, independence of the daughter and the concern of the mother. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, we, we don't really know who Fred is. Um, Despite watching so, all those episodes of Scooby Doo, we still don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> who is he, though? Really, who is Fred? I bet he asks himself or? that in the mirror every every morning. Yeah, I don't um, know this. This all, I mean, this kind of feels like a like a pop cliche song. You know, man, it's. I don't know. I I wonder if you are not as uh, attuned to like pop song cliches as I am like, I mean, it's possible They're like the cliches of pop songs that I've heard really informed my reading of the previous song. We talked about uh Susie hang around because I've yeah. heard so many vicious bowling pop songs. It was easy for me to imagine that this possibly could be one. And this one is just like, yeah, this is another like teeny bopper song about how uh, my mom's mad at me, <laughs> man. Yeah, I guess, like, you can't discount, like, the context of pop music and this stuff, but, like, maybe in my ignorance, I was able to, like, actually, like, listen to the song. And it's, it is bliss, isn't it? And, sim- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Similar to the last song, this music is awesome. Um, oh, yeah, the funk guitars. Really, 
Disco strings. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you want to play that intro? I do want to. Let me see if I can find it. Carried it. No, wait, that's a guitar solo. Fuck. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also some really great phrasing. Um, a lot of this song is in groups of three measures, but it's not all in groups of three measures. So there's some some rhythmic, some large rhythmic uh, variation in it, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to play that like second half of the verse? Well, I guess it's technically the chorus, not according to the genius, but okay, the my mama said part. right there so it's a little bit yeah, of like a that, polyryth- polyester polyrhythm no it's not a polyrhythm um no? there's no there's no rhythms within it that are necessarily interlocking but just that there's three groups of measures it's a song in four four time uh-huh. there's four beats per uh, grouping of beat uh-huh. um and uh usually in four four time in a square um, structure of a song, it would have you know like four the groups of four squares. Yeah, well, it, I mean, yeah, it is literally cooler because I think because it's it uh, has this sort of triangular shape to the choruses, um, which is slightly defying of expectations and has like a much different, um, yeah, kind of more of a. I mean, anytime that you don't have a square shaped song, um, your sense of expectation is totally. Uh, different because you you want it to like finish at a 90 degree angle you know just like me yeah (laughs) yeah it it's it is widely widely known that the triangle is the coolest of all shapes yeah all geometry textbooks that are like check out this rad fucking three-pointed motherfucker I re I really do that it, it like I do think that it makes people listen differently when they're not um, expecting this sort of uh, quatrain to finish mm-hmm. at a 90 degree angle, <laughs> like Nathan. Uh, uh-huh. And then I think this might also be the first guitar solo. Um, oh. Like first, like just instrumental solo. I'll play that. It's a really fucking like a good telly. solo. Yeah, it's like a telly style. Is it? Um, I cut out. I heard I cut out like the. Huh. I I was just hearing like jazz guitar. Yeah, but jazz jazz bows don't play Telecasters usually. Um, I mean, it kind it kind of reminded me of like some sort of like uh telly style stuff that I've heard. Okay. Um, just like the to- on a tone level, but uh huh. I don't know anything about jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think this, if a song's music is good, I think it it will do a lot to like make me take it a lot more seriously on Mm -hmm. the lyrical level. So it allows me to be transported, suspend, Mm -hmm. suspend my disbelief a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This song is like, I really like the music. I dig it. It's like fun and danceable and disco, but the lyrics are kind of like typical to me, at least they, they kind of sound like typical sort of teenager kind of popular right, what song do, what song do you think is the best song motherfucker like you <sighs> convince me that a song is the best 
I think Waterloo might be the best. It's definitely okay. the most ambitious, and it, it if it doesn't quite succeed in that ambition, at least it reached for the stars. Tried to right. tried to go hang out with Whitey on the moon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, I I also like the the music of Waterloo. Also, it's got this the fun bouncy boppy like kind of uh, Bruce Springsteen sound. Yeah. He's always singing about Waterloo and other various uh, European battles from history. You should I mean, you should he hear his like his a... fucking ballad about the Battle of Hastings. It's a real tearjerker. Uh, I think the worst song might be "Watch Out." Watch out! Interesting. Uh, I have totally forgotten what that song. Oh, is this the other one that is kind of heavy metally? Yeah, uh-huh. it is. Kind of sounds like a B fifty two song. Yeah. Do you hear that in the, the like the the way that the women were singing? Uh huh. Yeah. The wide vibrato. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, there's 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 aspects of this song that I like, but um, the lyrics in general, I don't really appreciate. Um, it's especially it's, uh, it's these two lyrics. Kind of rapey. You move like a flame of fire. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Your eyes like a flash. Of lightning. Oh. And then they go ahead and, and rhyme fire with desire. The answer to all desire, I'm going to tame you wild thing. Mm-hmm. Wild thing lightning. Um, and uh, you better watch out. Um, I'm going to get you. It literally says anywhere get you, you get go, you. I'll find you. I'll be staying yeah. close behind you and I'm tired of waiting. Yes, it's driving me crazy and my patience is fading. You better watch out. It's extremely yeah, so threatening. It starts disconcerting, and then in verse 2, he just goes ahead and clears it up. Uh, it's been kind of funny lately. You act like I was a stranger, but I think you're beginning to hate me. But then, you're a girl in danger. <laughs> so it's like, just verging into explicit violence and like physical yeah. threats. I don't know, but now now that we're talking about it, and we're seeing how obvious it is, it is really making me think it's kind of a every-move-you-take situation where it's kind of a, a song about this violent character, um, but it's, you know, not necessarily a complimentary song. Um, and then it just, it kind of smuggles in this kind of uh, seedy counterpoint to the pop music, although this is less poppy than Every Breath You Take. So we're just going to go ahead and do a little flip-flop, and you think that this one is self-aware and not celebrating <laughs> okay. this character? Okay. Okay. Maybe you're right. <laughs> I'm very selective no, about when I think ABBA. Prove it to me. <laughs> very selective Give about when. Give me your dissertation on "Watch Out" by ABBA. Okay, I don't know. The only thing that makes me think that is it's just like so uh, explicitly violent that it makes that me it doubt it. That it has to be that it right that it has to be uh, well not celebrating it. I mean, how could you? But right. Okay. That's what I'm fucking saying. Okay. Well, Just but this is this is also one that is but not. But songs have never been violent towards women before. I was literally <laughs> just going to say I don't think country. this is this is like this kind of explicit violence is necessarily precedented in pop music in the same way that bullying is. What are you talking? There's no. There's not like what what popular song from 1974 is like. 
you're a girl in danger. You better watch out. Anywhere you go, I'll find you. Mm, uh, maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> okay, I've actually. I don't know. Wait, wait. I've I've said this though. I've said that like yeah, I've read defenses. About how okay, much you okay. Love that song. <laughs> that's monster. That's a very accurate. No, I'm grumpy. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's okay. I think bottom line is it's hard to tell when ABBA is being um, self-aware or when they are having um, like a contrapuntal meaning in their songs. Uh, and but what Ooh, I mean by I that, like that, yeah, where there's like meaning working against each other. And we hear it most often in their lyrics when they have very melancholy lyrics matched up with bright poppy music. So we've definitely seen them do this kind of mismatch of meanings that uh, uh, are sort of working against each other in a productive way. Yeah, like in that um, in that song, uh, Susie Hang Around. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but that's not melancholy. I don't know. The, what I'm saying is that it's hard to tell just at what level ABBA is operating. And I think hopefully that gets a little bit more clear, especially as their English skills improve. Yeah, we'll really get to figure out what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> like Dancing Queen. What is that song about? Hey, here's a question. No, that's a statement. Um, I, so this is maybe a little bit of a zoom out wrap up kind of thing if you're ready. That's for fine. That. I'm ready for that. Yeah. Okay, great. So something I'd like to look for is, you know, in Alanis and ICP and Garth, um, and T-Pain, like all of our artists that we've covered have done this thing where they try to write a song and then they do it over and over and over again. They just keep trying to write the same song uh-huh. and sometimes it gets better. Sometimes it gets worse, but they're just kind of obsessed with an idea. And I think that that maybe that's a, an, an ABBA specific thing that we can look for because especially for this album, which I feel like had a lot of effort put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like well, some of the songs reaching. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to uh, look out for that in the future. Also, I need to go back and listen to the songs and see if there's any chord progressions that say uh, that are A, B, B. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or any forms that are like that. Yeah. So. Okay. But I, I think that's something we should look out for. Are they trying to, do they have some sort of idea that they're trying to get out? Or do they even yeah. operate like that as songwriters? What's, what's ABBA's song? I am, yeah, I am just sort of, I want to know what they're all about. Why are they doing this? Because, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. It's too early to tell. Why the fuck would they want to sing and make music? Yeah. Why the fuck would anyone enjoy anything or try to have fun in their life or just, you know, have a fulfilling yeah. career of artistic because expression? We we have good reason to believe that the best is ahead. Oh, totally. As opposed to um, T-Pain or Alanis. Or right. Garth. Yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, Garf's biggest single came on his first album, and same thing with uh, Alanis. If it you, was his second, the dance, right? The dance, his biggest single. That's on his first album, I think. That's uh oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was the second one. Okay. No, I was thinking of the Thunder Rolls. I won't tell anyone. Don't. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. So, and the same thing happened with Alanis. If you don't count her first two uh, Canadian poppy albums as her albums which in, to a certain sense they're not yeah because may- maybe maybe these two albums are sort of the uh equivalent of those yeah i mean maybe we're going to get into real abba territory and then it's all going to go downhill maybe yeah. this is another <laughs> alanis story 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've seen glimmers already of um, really, really tight pop craft and like more interesting lyrics than you might expect. And yeah, some really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I have a review for you. Who give it to me? Alejandro Godoy writes three stars. He says, very good, but insufficient. And I want you to mm. imagine this entire review written in all caps. And to help <laughs> you imagine that, I'll just be screaming into the microphone. <laughs> I'll be like that. <laughs> I'm just going to read in a very stilted robotic voice. Hello, I'm an old ABBA fan. This deluxe release is good, but not fulfill every expectations. Since there is so many material around about early days of ABBA that is missing in this one. Actually, tons of very rare clips and footage from every corner of the world running on web. Can't Universal get the permissions? Oh, sorry, permissions. Don't surprise me. That's corporations law. Give fools a few drops to keep them thirsty because money's on waiting always and pockets never rest. Am I wrong? I don't think we can say that you're wrong. Nope. (laughs) Pockets do never rest. I mean, that that much is true. Thirsty pockets. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, that's the corporation's law. Give fools a few drops to keep them thirsty. But there there is so many material around about early days of ABBA that is missing in this one, in this album. He has a point there. <laughs> <laughs> this is early days of ABBA. <laughs> yep. Uh and I have a review from iTunes. Uh written in the same year, actually, twenty fourteen by iTunes. Ogian. Ogian? I don't know. Gives it one star to this album and says, forget it. That's the title. Text of the review. Text of the review is if you can't get along, why should we keep buying your music? Oh, he's just too invested in there. Yeah. He's like a kid when the parent gets divorced. He's like, (laughs) you still love me. He's like that hater on Reddit that I had who um, listened to a bump (laughs) of think outside the box set on the end of a get up in the cool episode. And came to the conclusion that we were anti-Christian and therefore couldn't enjoy either of our podcasts <laughs> anymore. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you put in the sound sample that made him think uh, that we were anti-Christian? Was it th- what that early episode where I denounced God and pledged allegiance to Satan? Was that possibly it? <laughs> this is probably that. <laughs> yeah. It could. I guess it could be that. I don't know. I didn't think that was anti-Christian in any way. Uh, all on how you look at it, I guess. Yeah, so I think that's it. Next, what's the next album? Fuck. You, you think you could say after the the amount of episodes that we've done, we're coming up on almost fifty, y'all. Ooh, you think that I would learn wait, to? Which one's fifty? Good question. I think last one was forty eight. Is that right? I stopped. Numbering oh, the next them. one's ABBA. Oh, it's uh, yeah, okay. ABBA. Yeah, ABBA's the album. ABBA oh, we got album. songs like Mama Mia. Oh, here they go again. SOS. I think it's a big I don't know one. That one. Okay. Um, there's a song in here called "Bang a Boomerang." Of course, <laughs> that sounds hot. I mean, if you can, if you can physically pull it off, why not? Yeah. Intermezzo um, number one featuring Benny Anderson. What? Oh, okay. That's very. There's a song in here that just says "I do" five times. I do. I do. I do. I do. I said we got Mamma Mia, so that's good. Yeah. My my. All right. Here we go again. Yes, Abba. <laughs> singing uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right well until next week you can visit us online at boxset.website email us at email at boxset.website tweet at tobias podcast 
Um, if you'd like to support the show, if you think what we do is worth anything, you can either give us money at support.boxset.website or you can just, you know, tell friends about it, leave a review on iTunes, spread the word. And uh, the other thing you can do is listen to Cameron's other podcast, which is called Get Up in the Cool and is all about old time music, banjos and fiddling and guitars. Yeah. Come come take a listen. Does anyone ever play the, washed up bass? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. But is that is that come, common in like old time festivals or that whole thing? It's scene? not uncom- it's not uncommon. Okay. I've actually played with some um uh some some like broom handle wash tub like one string basses who bassists who've been like like un- uncanny intonation. <laughs> Just like how are you doing this so accurately? Oh my god. It's like when people do like a singing saw or something. It's like what are you yeah. even doing and how do you, <laughs> how, how does it, how do you do? Yeah. How to do. How do, what to do. What, what to do, do. Washed up base. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt and my pockets never rest. And I've been camera do it and I'm going to go on the moon. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at a movie. Uh huh. I've been Nathan Hunt, and I finish at a 90-degree angle. My sister, uh, earlier on today, I made a weed joke in front of my mom, and she laughed, which I appreciated. Mm. But my, my sister was talking to Theo uh about weed said no she said um (laughs) we were all in the car and she said uh if you think about it uh theo neo (laughs) (laughs) shit your son is the one i fail um uh if you think about it theo um your knees are like elbows for your legs (laughs) whoa it sounds like you've been (laughs) like you went to the dispensary (laughs) before i showed up (laughs) and my mom laughed at a stinky 420 um Chief that, joke. chief that kind joke. Yeah. <laughs> Pass the mom jokes on the left hand side. And then I made a kink joke um, because we passed a Thai restaurant. Um, and you talked about Lola. <laughs> that's a that's a, a kinks song, right? Lola. L O L A Lola. L O L Lola. I'm more of a fan of um, Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very good song. It is a song by the Kinks. Man, the Kinks are a weird band. We passed a Thai restaurant called Tie Me Up. Ah, uh, untie me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, untie me, please. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Thai restaurant.